It's an honor to see you, your family, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever you brought with you today, your kids. Glad you came out today. Are you ready today? Fantastic. Fantastic. You know, I don't know if you've ever had a situation in your life where you basically uh, saw something, but you didn't see it from the right angle. And you assumed something about the something that you saw. For, for instance, when uh, my wife and I were dating many, many years ago, about 25 years ago now, uh, we had just recently started dating. She was a uh, 19-year-old teenager, and she was awesome looking at that time. But she even looks more awesome now. Come on. See? So you didn't see what I saw. (laughs) But we were hanging out. And, you know, I hadn't been dating her very long. And she had this red dress that was incredible. Had white polka dots on it. And we were hanging out at a place and lots of loud music and lots of things happening. And there just happened to be another lady there with blonde hair, approximately the same age, with the same dress on. (laughs) And I misinterpreted what I saw. And I saw the backside of this other lady with the same dress on talking to another guy that wasn't me. (laughs) And I began to proceed to let him know that I didn't appreciate him making a move on my red polka dotted dress. And then as she turned around, I realized (laughs) that I had misinterpreted or uh, saw, I didn't see what I thought I saw. And I basically was in a spot I didn't want to be. (laughs) You know, I wonder how many people in life have missed opportunity because They weren't looking at life life through the right lens. I did a little research this week. And again, we just sang a song. If you were late getting here today, the first song that we sing today, uh, it was about the wonder of, of, of God. And it was about seeing the wonder of God in your life in spite of what's going on in the world today. And a lot of times that's very difficult because what we see, if we don't see it from the right angle, then we may misinterpret what is happening in our life today, in the circumstances, in the situations today. But if we can learn to look at life from a different angle, then just maybe we could see the wonder 
and the greatness of what God is doing in every situation and every circumstance. But I did a little research this week, and you can go do the research yourself. I actually Googled people who are colorblind. They can't see colors. And it's an amazing discovery whenever you go on there because they've created these glasses that colorblind people, people that can't see the vibrant of colors with their eyes, they can put these glasses on and then they all of a sudden, whenever they put the glasses on, they have an aha moment. Like they see the world in wonder. They see the world in a way they've never seen it before. You, you see older people, younger people, all kinds of people putting these glasses on. And then they just burst into tears because they see the world in living color. They see the world through a lens that they've never seen of the world before. And everything jumps out at them. And all of a sudden, no matter how old they are, they begin to basically act like a little kid because they see something they've never seen before. I wonder if you've lost your sense of wonder of who God is. And maybe it's because of something that happened to you in a relationship. Maybe it's because of an illness that has, has come into your body. Maybe it's because of, you know, a, a crisis situation in, in, in your family's life. Maybe it's because of something you did last night, last week, or last month. And, and you're looking at that particular circumstance, that particular situation that happened 10 years ago. And, and it's kind of stole your heart and stole your sight and stole your sense of wonder and awe of who God is. Well, today we're going to look at a passage of Scripture where Jesus spoke to a group of people. If you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to go ahead and open them up to Matthew chapter 5. That's where the message begins. It actually ends in Matthew chapter 7. It's called... Uh, the Sermon on the Mount is a heading that most of our English Bibles has there. And really, this is the greatest talk that Jesus ever gave whenever he was walking around physically here on earth. And if you want to know a, a, a talk that has some aha moments in it, a speech, a, a teaching, or a sermon, whatever you want to call it today, th this is it. It's as if Jesus is trying to open the eyes of the people he's communicating to. To see the world through a different lens. To have an aha moment. And I wonder when is the last time that you had an aha moment. When you've read the word of God. And all of a sudden, whoo, the lights come on. And you had an aha moment. And you begin to see the world in living color. Because, because what happens is when you have those moments with your creator, he begins to, to take you into a, to a different place with your faith. And 
then your faith begins to operate in a different, a different way in spite of the circumstances or situations that happen to you in life. And what I have discovered is we're all human and we tend to live by what we see than what God has said and what God has done and what God is going to do. And one of the greatest ways to really get that wonder back in your life is to look back at what God has done in the past and look forward to what he is going to do in the future. In other words, to look at what has been and what is going to be, and it will help you live in the what is looking through a different lens as you walk through this life. And Jesus even stated, hey, there's going to be moments in life. It's going to be tough. He said it this way, hey, in this world you will have trouble, you will have trials, you will have tribulation, but hey, take heart. Look at the world differently because I've overcome the world. And, and, and so, you, you know, whenever things are happening, to you and you're going through some situations a lot of times that can steal the wonder that God wants you to experience and and God refers to us as his children and I don't know how many of you have liked to like to see a kid have that sense of wonder whenever you put something in front of them and they open a package like, like at Christmas time I mean most of the time, that's why we give our kids gifts at Christmas, right? Is not just to please them, but it pleases us to see them open the gift and they go, wow, this is incredible. This is all I've ever wanted in life. <laughs> just to see that sparkle in their life, in their eyes, in their heart. Can I tell you, that's what God wants for you. God wants to see that sparkle in your eyes. He wants to see that, that, that life come alive in you. No matter how old you are, no, no matter how many times the enemy has, has tried to steal away what God wants for your life, my friend, Jesus came to help you see life through a different lens. God dropped himself in human form in this earth so that we could see how great he is, how powerful he is, how majestic he is. And when you look at the life of Christ and the teachings of Christ and you get what he is saying when he is communicating, the light bulbs begin to go off. And when the light bulbs go off, you walk out of a worship experience like this, living in a sense of wonder, which has the ability to draw other people into what God is doing, no matter what the circumstances or situations are going on in your life. It's a sense of wonder. And so Jesus talks here in Matthew chapter 5, and again, it's a whole sermon. It's not segmented. We're going to pull a segment of it out today, the first part of it. 
But remember, it's, a, it's probably an hour-long speech or talk, and he's teaching something. He's teaching a lesson. And, and he's teaching how to change the way you look at things. And, and I hope today is the writers have pinned down what Jesus said in this speech, in this talk, that that's exactly what happens in you today. You change the way you look at circumstances and situations. And you begin to get a sense of wonder back in your heart and life and live life to the full. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 1, it sets it up by saying this. One day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and he, he sat down. The Bible says his students gathered around him and he began to teach them. Now, keep in mind, this was not their first encounter with teacher Jesus. Keep in mind that this wasn't their first class with Jesus. They have already seen Jesus do some miraculous things, some incredible things. They, they uh, saw him at a party turn jugs of water into wine. They've, they've seen him do incredible things. They've seen him face those who are against them and how he talks to them in such a way that's, that's with love, but also with, hey, don't you want to join me in this journey Jesus is a powerful, powerful, powerful communicator. And as he's preparing to teach these students that day sitting on that mountainside, he's getting ready to help them see through a different lens. Because they have always seen the world through what they have been taught in their Jewish faith. And again, the Jewish faith was always intended to connect with a God who is the God of the Jews. It was always intended to help people move into a relationship with their creator. However, the people and teachers of that day had taken circumstances and situations and had began to say a relationship with God is based on what you do, your religious practices versus who he is and your faith in him. And so now Jesus is getting ready to explain to them, you've always been taught one way but I'm getting ready to illuminate your eyes to what real life and real wonder looks like. And he starts in verse three and he has a series of things. He talks about what God blesses. How many of you want to know what God blesses?
But instead of receiving the blessing in that day, because they just hadn't quite had things illuminated to them, they were actually living under a curse instead of a blessing. And I wonder how many of us today are living under a curse instead of a blessing just because we haven't seen it through the right lens yet. We haven't seen things properly. We haven't seen the opportunities that God gives us in circumstances and situations. And Jesus says this to the people he's teaching. He says, God blesses those who are poor. Now let me stop right there. Because I'm getting ready to read a whole series of things that God blesses. But here's where people go wrong. They've heard something and they've built their whole theology of who God is off of one thing or one sentence they've heard that God has communicated. I'm going to encourage you today not to build your theology of who God is off of one person you have seen that calls himself a Christian, off of one experience you have had in this life, off of one thing that is said in God's word, taken out of context in all of that, what he said. Because if you begin to build your theology of who your creator is off of one statement, you're going to miss so much about the wonder of what he wants to do in your life. So I've heard it taught because Jesus said, and he said it literally, God blesses those who are poor. I've heard it taught that if you have anything, then you can't can't really be blessed by God. And so what you need to do, if you have anything in life, you need to give it all away. Because God blesses those who are poor. In other words, God wants everybody to have the same thing. So if you have more than somebody else, you should give what you have away to them. And you should just kind of be like them and be poor and basically take what God has given you and give it away. There's theologies out there that teach that. In other words, you should take everything you have and just give it away to the poor and live in a tent somewhere. Are you kidding me? Because I don't count that as a be, being blessed by God. Okay? But it says God blesses those who are poor and realize. Everybody say realize. realize. Oh, oh, that's the key. All right. Because when you get in a situation and you realize something, then everything can begin to change. An aha moment can begin to happen. He says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. In other words, when I get in that place, I can see that I need something and I can turn my heart towards, towards what I really need, which is God and a relationship with him. And then, then heaven, heaven can be, can be mine because it all starts with recognizing that you as a human have a need. 
And the difficult thing is a lot of times when we have the physical things that fill our life here in this earth, we don't recognize that they come from God and that we need God. But I can tell you right now that if you have anything in this life, it is simply to steward and display who your creator is in this earth and where those blessings came from. And so God's not saying, hey, let's all just get poor and get blessed. No, no, no. He's saying, literally, blessed are those who are poor in their spirit, who are at the end of themselves. Blessed are those who are at the end of, you know what, their rope because now they can recognize that they can't do it, but God can. And because God can, they can now (laughs) inherit what he offers. Blessed. Blessed. Then he goes on and he keeps teaching. He says, God blesses those who mourn. Remember, the teaching in that day would have been, you know what, if, if you're not, you know, living underneath the, the blessings of God, then, you know, you're just, just going you, to be mourning because it's, it's what you do, not what God is doing or what God has done. It's what you do. And if you're not doing the right things, then probably, you know, there's something going on in your life and you're not blessed by God. Jesus says, God blesses those who mourn. And they're they're sitting there going, wait a minute. God blesses those who mourn? Yeah, because they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those. Jesus is just teaching, man. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when you are mocked. When people mock you and persecute you and lie about you on national TV and say all sorts of things, evil things about you. Because you are my followers. He says, hey, be happy about it. What? I mean, Jesus, that just don't sound like things to be happy about. He says, be really glad. Be happy about it. Be be extremely, extremely glad. Be very glad for a great reward. Y'all got the right verse up there? Yeah, there you go. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. See, I told you, you got to see the circumstance through a different lens. 
And you got to look back at what God has done and what God is still going to do in order to live in the what is of the circumstance and situation. He says, God, God says, for great awaits you a reward in heaven. And remember, hey, remember this, the ancient prophets, the ones that went before you, they were also persecuted in the same way. But God's word says God delivered them. And God saw them through the circumstance and situation. So how in the world could those people live in real life and communicate who God is to people in their day, of their culture, in their religion, and then the mass majority of people disagree with what the messenger is saying and literally persecuted them, didn't just talk bad about them, but killed a lot of them because of what they were saying. How in the world can somebody stand up and do life in that manner? They're looking through a different lens. How how can somebody have cancer in their body and look at life differently than another person with the same cancer in their body? Have you ever seen the difference in those kinds of people? And again, I'm not saying that cancer in anybody's body is something to jump up and cheer about. But take heart. Because the cancer don't win. Jesus does. And God does. And I think the reason a lot of people in this life are not living with a sense of wonder is because we're simply looking at the circumstances and situations in front of us instead of, you know what, seeing what God has said. And Jesus literally says, hey, you might be poor, understand, but when you realize that there's a God He says, that's a good reason to be poor because now you can realize you have a need for God. But he didn't say it's blessed to stay poor. He just said it's blessed to find yourself in that situation so you can find out that you have a need in your life and a God in your life to carry you through the circumstances and situations of life. Bless. God blesses those who find themselves in full dependency of who he is. Do you depend on God or the circumstance or situation? And what I think that Jesus wants me to say to you today is listen, just because a circumstance happened in your life and you said, I do, to him or her, and they walked out on you and said, I don't, 10 years later, take heart. Take heart. Because the situation and the circumstance doesn't define who you are. And it ain't over until God says it's over. See, 
that's where we miss it. The enemy will get you focused, get in your head, in your mind, in your soul. And get you focused on a circumstance, a situation in this day without, without you having a sense of wonder of what God is doing in this earth. And my friend, you know what? The, the media and what's going on around the world and the evil is the thing that steals the wonder out of humans' hearts. And I know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. I live in the same world you live in. I understand it. There's things happening in our day that's never happened before. But there's things that happened years and years ago that aren't happening today. In other words, there's always been evil. There's always been challenges. There's always been breakups. There's always been family struggles. Come on, somebody. There's always been people falling off the wagon. But somehow, someway, God touches a human heart and changes everything. And no matter if a person has a past or not has a past or has a circumstance or has doesn't have a circumstance. He begins to illuminate something in their life about who he is, the big picture, the real picture, life in in eternal, through an eternal lens. And they begin to live in the circumstances and situations of life totally different. See, See, that's what happens when you encounter the living God. It's like putting on those enchroma glasses for the colorblind people. And you begin to see the world through a different lens. You begin, you begin to see it not through, through an earthly lens, but you begin to see it through, through a spiritual lens, which illuminates the true kingdom that you're a part of. And can I tell you something? Your greatest experience becomes your greatest expression. Your greatest experience becomes your greatest expression. What you're experiencing of the most in your life becomes the greatest thing expressed out of your life. And if you are experiencing God, your creator, and you're in relationship with him, and you're experiencing that relationship in a real way, it doesn't mean that the experiences that you're having here today aren't real, but because you are in communion with him and in relationship with him, you see the big picture. He's illuminating what is still yet to come into your heart and into your, into your soul because of what you're experiencing from, from the word of God, from the spirit of God. You begin to live in the situations and circumstances differently because your greater experiences comes from his kingdom not the kingdom of this world. And so many people are defeated in life because there's evil kingdoms, there's evil evil groups in the world. And can I tell you something? They can take your physical life, but they can't take 
your eternal life. And the only way to live in a sense of awe and wonder of who God is, is is to have a greater experience with your creator than the things of this earth. That's why writers like Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3, set your mind on things above, not earthly things. Because you're going to go through something here in this earth. The carpet ain't going to be the right color sometime. Your big toe's going to hurt. Your mama's going to yell at you. But take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. Can I tell you something? If you depend on affirmation just to come from another person, my friend, you are in for a terrible, terrible life. But if you can depend on your heavenly father and what he has done and what he is going to do, You'll live in the situations and circumstances no matter if they do tell you you got a big nose like mine. <laughs> you, you'll live differently. You're like, my nose don't define who I am. What, what, what are you thinking? I've overcome the world yeah. because I'm a child of the king. I live underneath the rule and reign of my Jesus. He is the king of my life. He's the authority of my life, and my life aligns with him. Does yours? Because here's the deal. See, true dependence, true dependence means that the circumstances of life don't define my life because my life is built on a solid foundation and I want you to get who Jesus is today my friend Jesus is God in the flesh making his dwelling among human beings so we can get a glimpse of how much God loves the human race and how powerful he is over the enemy. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, my friend, is basically God helping humans see him from a different dimension. It's coming into our world so we can get a glimpse of his world. And, and so Jesus was not just a man. He's God in living color. He's God in the flesh. He's God extending love to humanity on a cross because we have basically turned our backs against our creator. And no matter how horrific or how bad you have been, 
The Bible says you can build your life on what the work he has done, the foundation Christ has done, and everything can begin to change. But my friend, if your dependency is on Christ Jesus, it is not just a, something that comes out of your mouth. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. But I depend on her all the rest of the week. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. But I depend on my, my blessings all week long. See, see, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll align with me. Amen. <laughs> Jesus says, if, if I love you, he says, don't get it wrong. I gave my life on a cross for you. So, so you could have rock solid faith and you could stand on who I am because I have come to your rescue and no matter what you have done, I love you. But if you love me and you want to depend on me and you want me to be the authority of your life, he says, you will obey what I have commanded. In other words, you're going to align with me. You ain't going to do what Mama Teresa wants you to do. You're going to do what Jesus has commanded you to do. Wow. Are you in love with Jesus? Because if you're in love with Jesus, you got solid dependency in all circumstances and situations. And guess what? The situation or the circumstance don't change you. You change it because you know what? Your life is built on solid rock foundation and you're aligned with who God is and you are the living stones in God's temple and he dwells in you and you're making a difference in this world. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Jesus, I, I want to depend on you to get into heaven, but I'm going to depend on me to, 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 to make my week right. Really? Think about how crazy that is. You're going to depend on God and Jesus to get you somewhere that is literally out of this earth? But you don't depend on him to get you out of the circumstance <laughs> that you're in because somebody did something against you yesterday. What is your dependence on? Full dependence on God looks like, oh yeah, my faith is bigger than the problem. The opportunity is bigger than the obstacle. You know what? I realize that I'm in a place and I have a need for God and I depend on God. You know what? But the place 
or the poverty or the situation or the circumstance don't define who I am. There's a God who has told me who I am. There's a God who has told me who I'm going to be. So I'm going to walk in this day with full dependency on him. Blessed are those who depend on God. But can I tell you something? Most people block the blessing because they want to be blessed by God and they depend on God, but they don't understand why they're depending on God. And I want to declare to you today, God has a reason you need to depend on him. And Jesus, remember, he's he's given a talk. And he tells the guys, you're blessed when you depend on me, but understand what dependence is all about. And and he keeps talking and he says this in Matthew chapter, chapter five. And he gives two analogies of why to be blessed by God and depend on God in Matthew chapter five, verses 13 through 16. He says, here's the deal. You're the salt of the earth. But what good is salt? What good is the blessing if it don't have any flavor? What good is seasoning if it don't have flavor? He says, can you make it salty again? And he says, it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Hmm. Jesus said, hey, you're the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. He says, but no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the earth. Helps everybody see. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. So my friend, when we experience blessings of God, it's not to just get us a ticket to heaven. It's so that we can be dispensers and distributors of who God is. It's so we can dispense flavor in this earth of God attributes and we can display the amazing power of God in our circumstances. Some of us are living life like we don't need God's power. We got it all together. I don't need to be plugged into my creator. I'm all that in a bag of chips. Some of us are like a vacuum cleaner in this life without being plugged into a circuit. And we're going through life and you know, working, working, working. I'm working for Jesus. I'm working, working, working. But you ain't sucking up anything. You ain't changing anything. You're not having any impact. Who cares how much you're working for Jesus? Are you being a display of his amazing power in your circumstance, in your situation, whether you're in a valley or on a mountaintop? And most people want to quit on God Because somebody said something they don't like. 
Do you know how many people have walked away from this church because we hurt their feelings? I think it's intentional for God to hurt your feelings every once in a while to test your faith. Because if you're walking by feelings and not by faith, you're missing what God wants to do in your life. Well, they hurt my feelings. They asked me to sit in a seat I didn't want to sit in. Oh, I'm digging now. Here's the point. It's things happen in your life. So you can dispense the attributes of God and you can display the amazing power that resurrected Jesus from a grave. Salt and light. And you want to know what you're to be dispensing? Let me, let me put a word picture to it. The Bible calls it Fruit. It's the fruit that the Spirit of God that you're connected to produces in you and out of you. It's called love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You want to know what you to be shaken out over this earth as you are in communion with God in relationship and dependent upon Him? You're to be a, a shaker of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Other words is the world is coming against you. God's developing those attributes in you so, so you can season the earth with those things. I, I know we're not all there yet, but, but it, does that describe how you approach life in general? That when things happen, oh, I know the one who has shown me amazing love. And he gives me joy in all circumstances. And he brings peace into my life, though there's no peace in the earth. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be gentle in in the way I'm nudging people. I'm not going to be a condemner, but I'm going to be an encourager. And and I'm going to control myself in situations because it ain't really me controlling myself. It's the God in me that's controlling me. Does that describe what you're shaking out? Shake the world with God's attributes. Rattle the earth with the power of God that delivered Jesus from the grave. The same power that elevated him from that tomb 
is available to every human being in every circumstance, in every situation. But dependency is where that power begins to get plugged in. And if you're not depending on God, then you know what? Then things in this life will will suck you up instead of you beginning to suck them up and produce what God wants you to do in this earth. And it's interesting because Jesus took a cruel beating, death, ridicule, mockery. All the things he says is going to happen. He took all of that upon himself on that cross. The Bible says he even died a physical death to show you and me something. Though physical death strikes. And it's going to strike you too. And it's going to strike everybody around you. Because physical death will strike. But Jesus showed us that physical death doesn't take you out because it's not over if you're connected to the living God. And so death strikes Jesus stomps his head, comes out of the grave. And you know what? He says, the power that elevated me from the grave is because of where I came from and what I'm connected to. And you have the opportunity today to be connected to that same source and be a dispenser and a distributor of who I am in this earth to be salt and to be power. Man, Sometimes the church in general, it's the people. We look like one of them old-fashioned crank power sources. Oh, stand over here and listen. Do y'all know who our God is? Yes, Lord. You know what power is in you? Yes, Lord. What are you plugged into? Man, the voltage that he sends through you will cause you to get up and do something every day in spite of the circumstance, in spite of the situation, in spite of what's coming against you because you're an overcomer. And what they said, what you heard, you know what, what come again, you know what, here's the deal. That don't define you. God defines you. He created you. He saves you. He calls you to a holy calling in this earth. He has a home for you. He has a future for you. He has an eternity for you that it's going to be with him in spite of what the world says, the enemy says, and everything else around you says. Let's shake, rattle, and roll who God is in this earth. What if the whole world turned into a worship center. In other words, we didn't just come into a little building like this and worship God. But the whole earth turned into a worship center. The praises of God's people began to be elevated around the world. 
in every tongue, every tribe, every backwood nation. What if we were shakers and movers and we were shake, rattling and rolling in our city? Our city would begin to be illuminated by God in such a way that people would be drawn and people would be worshiping God. And then then it would go, you know what, it would transfer to the next city, the next town, the next community, the next state, the, the, the next country, the next group of people that are against God. And God would transform their life. What's your vision? Is it God's vision? My friend, God ain't into us just having a nice little house, driving a nice little car, having a girl, a little sweetie girlfriend, boyfriend, and having a couple little kids, and nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But God is into us exposing who He is and what kingdom we're a part of in this earth, making kingdom expressions. What are you expressing? I envision this earth turning into a worship center. A sanctuary for the living God to dwell with his people and among his people. Is that what you dream of? Is your faith in the Jesus that made all that possible? Do you really love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And are you ready to shake, rattle, and roll? Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for your amazing word. Jesus, you are incredible. I thank you for illuminating our eyes and opening our eyes to what can be, what has been, even in the what is. God, I pray for the faith of every person underneath the sound of my voice at every campus, every location, every home, everybody in this place today. That God, their faith would get aligned with you. Build their life on you. Begin to walk with you. Begin to see the world through a different lens in full color to begin to have a sense of wonder in all circumstances and situations God we're just here for a little while and then we're gone life is fading here on earth but hallelujah the eternal things you have in store for those who love you and are called according to your amazing purpose God, we live for those days, that day. God, I pray for courage. I pray for audacity. I pray for strength. I pray for power. God, I pray for your incredible attributes to be deposited into the hearts of human beings. And God, may our faith be aligned in you, God of grace. God of majesty, God of wonder. And God, may we not just be focused on what we see today, but may our spiritual eyes be open to 
for what will be in the days to come. Thank you, Jesus. We pray it in your name. Amen. Can you give God a round of applause in here today?